especially as you've had to miss two runs this week. Aye, it's a pity, right enough. But I want to be getting along up to Norbust. Well, well, I'm glad to see you back, Sergeant, in what used to be the land of the free before this bloody war. Sergeant Major Odd went below to the promenade deck and looked across to the diminutive harbour of Kiltod and the small cluster of houses beyond, in one of which the girl he had hoped to marry so many months ago was waiting for him. "'Good evening, Sergeant Major,' he swung round to see the stocky form of the Snorvig bank agent. "'Hello, Mr. Thompson. You're looking well. I'm glad to see you,' he declared, shaking Andrew Thompson's hand so fervidly that his dark complexion grew darker with embarrassment. He was a man to whom words came with difficulty, and he had been walking behind Sergeant Major Odd twice up and down the deck before he had managed to break into speech with a greeting.' "'You've been away quite a long while, Sergeant Major,' said the bank agent. "'Yes, but I'm glad to say Colonel Woolsey's got me back again at last. "'And how's G Company getting on? "'I suppose you're all as smart as guardsmen by now.' The bank agent made a determined effort to smile at this pleasantry. "'Not quite yet,' he gulped. "'As a matter of fact, Captain Waggett has been having a lot of difficulty lately "'in getting the men together for drill. "'There were only... Two at the last parade, Captain Waggett and myself. The sergeant major clicked his tongue. I expect they'll be more keen as the spring comes along. It's not the weather, Andrew Thompson observed gloomily. There's another reason. And then, to prevent his companions asking what that was, he added hastily, I took Mrs. Thompson over to Edinburgh on Friday. She's to stay with Mrs. Pringle. That's her mother. "'And you thought you'd have a little run around on your own, eh? "'Oh, well, I should be married myself this spring, if all goes according, "'so I mustn't talk. "'Hello, we're just getting in. "'I'll see you up at the hotel before I cross over to Giltod. "'I'm afraid you'll find it kind of dull up at the hotel just now. "'I won't find it dull. "'I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of old friends "'and having a jolly good jock and Doris, as you call it, "'to celebrate getting back to the two tightest little islands in the world. "'They're... "'Not very tight just now, Sergeant Major,' Thompson said, and went off quickly to find his bag. Sergeant Major Odd puzzled for a moment over this remark, and then, with a sudden thought that perhaps his beloved Peggy might have come over from Little Toddy to welcome him on the pier, he hurried off round to starboard. The pier was crowded with familiar figures, among them Peggy's father in his knitted red cap, but Peggy herself was not there.' "'You're a proper mug, Fred,' he murmured to himself, "'as if the poor girl would want to see you after nearly eighteen months "'with everybody staring at her.' "'A couple of minutes later he was hurrying down the gangplank "'to greet his future father-in-law. "'If Sergeant Major Odd had not been so acutely conscious "'of the twenty years' difference between his own age "'and that of his prospective wife, "'he would have said that Joseph McCroon had grown appreciably older "'during these last eighteen months.' There was, too, in the way he shook hands with him, a kind of absent-mindedness, as if he was hardly aware of the sergeant-major's presence. And, as he wished him, Falchidon Doich, welcome to the country, he was not looking at the returned wanderer, but at Roderick McGrory, the owner of the hotel, who was working his great bulk up the gangplank in search of the purser. "'How's Roderick?' the sergeant-major asked. Uh, "'He's not well at all at all, Sergeant. He's at a terrible time, poor soul,' 
I'm sorry to hear that. And how's everything on little Toddy? Terrible. Just as bad there as here. Terrible. Nothing wrong with Piggy. What would be wrong with Peggy or Kate Anne? their father demanded, smoking away the pair of them like two peats. It's a pity the government doesn't run out of cigarettes. Joseph took a battered clay pipe out of his pocket, lit it with a noise like a rotary pump, drew two deep gurgling puffs at the closely packed twist, spat gloomily between his legs, and replaced the pipe in his pocket. Several of Sergeant Major Rod's old acquaintances had been greeting him, and one of them, a man with a nose and a chin like a lobster's claw, said something to Joseph in Garlic. "'I don't know, Archie,' Joseph replied. "'If they'd brought it, Captain McKechnie'd have come ashore by now.' "'Aye, I believe he would,' agreed Archie McCrae.